The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, welcome. As members of the community, my family and I have cherished the opportunity to gather week after week to worship throughout the pandemic. In the midst of the times when we felt alone and isolated, these gatherings served as reminders that we are a part of something bigger, that we're not alone. As we gather together today, I know that some of us are watching from our living rooms, our bedrooms, our home offices, and that many of us are still in our pajamas. And even with all of that, I know God is with us. So if you would, please pray with me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who meets us where we are 
as we are. We ask that as we gather together today, you would open our hearts and our minds to see the ways that you are working in and through our lives. We ask that as we sing songs of worship and hear your word, that we would be made more like you and that we would carry your light out into the world. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we ask these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Upon 
just a number, the length of our days. Pour out your power, oh, pour out your praise. Teach us to run, to finish the race. Only what's done And love will remain Let the favor of the Lord Rest upon us Oh Lord Establish the work of our Now is the time in our service where we get to continue our worship through a time of offering. Uh, would you recite this prayer along with me? Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, I know you miss gathering together. We miss it too. So please join us this coming Saturday, September 26th for our next Evensong. 
a drive-up experience of worship and prayer, and also the chance to celebrate the start of the school year together. We're inviting you to decorate your cars and wear clothing and accessories from your favorite schools and universities. You may see me there with my alma mater t-shirt, Tulane University, and possibly a cap from my mom's alma mater, the University of Hawaii. Regardless, even if you don't want to decorate, we would love to see you. We're going to have three gatherings at 5, 6, and 7 p.m. You can sign up by going to Ecclesia Houston and pressing the Evensong registration button on the front page. We are also celebrating baptisms together at Evensong. If you'd like to be baptized, you can email Paul Randall at paul at ecclesiahouston.org. We look forward to seeing you on Saturday. I also want to let you know that we are still continuing our efforts to bring aid and relief to our neighbors in Louisiana who are still struggling to recover from Hurricane Laura. Although in many ways the news cycle has moved on from the hurricane, our friends are still in need of our partnership. Here are a few invitations for you to embody our ecclesia rhythms of serving others and being hospitable. Every Monday downtown and Wednesday at Westside from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., we are accepting donations of generators, chainsaws, and tarps. If you would like to contribute funds, you can give to our relief efforts by going to ecclesiahouston.org and clicking the button Gulf Coast Response. Thirdly, we have a great opportunity to help make and serve meals for our friends in Westlake, which is in the Lake Charles area of Louisiana. Jerry and I were part of a team yesterday that served, and even as I share right now, we have another team there serving meals. Next weekend, we will have the same opportunities for day trips to the Westlake area to serve meals. If you want to be a part of this effort, you can sign up on our Gulf Coast Response page. Ecclesia, we continue to lean in and love our neighbors in Louisiana, locally here in Houston, and globally around the world that is only possible because of your generous giving. Thank you. If you want to give in this season, a great way to do that is by sending your donation amount to 84321. Through these efforts, we are sending the message, we see you, we are with you, and we are going to make it through. Let's all now take a moment to pause as we prepare our hearts to hear what our Pastor Chris has to share with us today. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm so excited to share with you this week. We have had quite a year, and God's doing a lot in our midst, and I miss seeing you. Uh, many of you are asking, when will we be together again in person? Well, we're gonna be together for Evensong uh, this next week, and it's gonna be a great night of worship and prayer. I hope you'll be there. I'm gonna miss uh, from one of the first times in my journey uh, since we've been doing this because I had long ago plans to spend my birthday weekend. I'm turning 49. Can you believe it? The next one's really big. And I'm going to go visit a pastor friend over the weekend and do what I'm going to preach to you about today, which is in part about self-care. How do you care for yourself? How do you spend time with people that love you? How do we endure hard times? And as we try to get through 2020, what I wish in my heart I could do with all of you, uh, there are quite a few of you out there, Ecclesia. Um, I, I love you. I want to see you. In fact, uh, for many, many months as we were going through this, I've spent a lot of my time just driving to your houses and delivering yard signs and t-shirts and 
meat that I've grilled and whatever I could cook and anything, any reason really. And I mean, I, I think the best way to say I love you is smoked meat, honestly, but uh, some of you are vegetarian and there's probably another way to say it to you. But it's, it was all just an excuse to see you, uh, even at a distance and to see your kids. What I really wish I could do today is um, grab a cup of coffee, sit down in front of you across the table and ask you a few questions. How are you doing? There's this beautiful passage in Luke where uh, Jesus says, it's, it's fascinating because he was so controversial, right? He, they, they essentially were like, why are you spending time with all the immoral people, right? And literally they said, why are you eating and drinking with tax collectors and these people? And he explained, um, it's the sick people that need a doctor, right? I've come for notorious sinners. Well, the truth is when we come to an understanding of faith, we all realize we're all notorious sinners. And Jesus came for the sick and in many ways, just like you go to the doctor, you don't wait till you're really, really sick. In fact, you often go in for a checkup to find out if you're sick and uh, to get checked out. And what I'd love to do today is ask you a few questions to evaluate your spiritual health. How are you doing? Where are you at? What are the things you might wanna consider in this season? So that together, we could still, in a tough year, we can end 2020 better than we started or at least healthy enough to embrace a 2021. Is this New Year's Eve gonna be crazy or what, right? We're gonna say go goodbye to this year with some kind of joy, right? And uh, we're gonna be anticipating what God might do in our lives and hearts uh, over the next year. I wanna read to you from the book of James, and I believe these few verses are a guide for us through 2020. James is filled with compact, beautiful, practical wisdom. And in James 1, verse 2, it tells us, don't run from tests and hardships. Brothers and sisters, as difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you true patience as you endure. And true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. Mature, complete, and wanting nothing. Wouldn't that be great to want nothing? There's so many things we want right now. I want to see you. I want to hug you. If you don't have all the wisdom needed for this journey, he says, then all you have to do is ask God for it. And God will grant all that you need. He gives lavishly and never scolds you for asking. And see, I want to unpack these few verses with you today. I want to ask you some specific questions based on this truth. And this is how James starts. He tells us, don't run from tests and hardships. There is so much about this season that has brought out conflict in so many areas and in so many relationships. I'll never forget uh, sitting in a class uh, with a, a dear friend, a pastor and mentor, Andy Stanley. And he explained this principle that was taught to him, right? That he said, this is what you gotta do. You gotta face the 500 pound gorilla. And for, for many of us, that's relational conflict. It's places that we end up in conflict and we see that person and what do you do? Like, you walk the other way. And this mentor taught my friend Andy, he said, no matter what it is, face it, right? Because the reality is avoidance always makes it worse, right? That, and, and something about this season, we're all under stress. Um, we're, uh, we're having some, some things come to the surface in different ways. And the best thing that we can do it is be who we authentically are, approach people in love and in kindness, and resolve conflict as it arises. If we don't resolve it as it arises, 
it gets bigger and bigger. It's like that cartoon snowball, right? And it just, the snowball gets bigger and bigger and to the point that we think, I can't, I can't do it. Let me encourage you to do it face to face. Now that's harder to do in this season. If you can't do it face to face, we do that voice to voice. Um, if you're having conflict, let me just remind you what you already know. Text message is the worst possible format to deal with conflict. If something's tense or difficult, on a text message or an email, right? Tone doesn't come across. And you know the difference between saying something in a loving and compassionate tone and you hear it in a way that says, this person loves me. This person cares for me. This person wants to stay in relationship with me. That's why they're willing to have a hard conversation. In this unique season, Ecclesia, I wanna invite you, deal with conflict and deal with it well. Let's don't let it get worse. And remember that when you feel that sense of fear about facing conflict and hardships, that that fear often clouds your decision. And so ask God to help you calm your heart. It will be a beautiful, beautiful gift. And then out of that, I wanna ask you a question. This is what James says. He says, as difficult as they are, these hardships and difficulties, you will ultimately find joy in them. I wonder, Ecclesia, in this season, very few of us have said, I can find joy in the really difficult parts of this season. It's, it's not saying that uh, you have to love uh, this pandemic. You have to love the difficulties of it. You have to love the hardships that come with it. But you can, in the midst of those same hardships, find joy. So this is the question. What gives you joy? What is it right now that you can think of like, oh, I had an experience last night where I've been helping some friends. There's a lot going on. And I realized all of a sudden, I was reminded by a friend, he sent me a text message. He was like, did you get the gift I gave you? And it was right after I was healing from COVID and I'd been sick. And this amazing old friend um, sent me a gift card uh, to a new restaurant in Houston called Roca Accor. I've heard it's awesome. Uh, I knew it wasn't in the pastoral budget, right? We just, it's especially in a pandemic, all kinds of things going on. He sent me an amazing gift card. And last night when he reminded me, I thought tonight's the night. And I've been helping a friend, a friend that I knew would equally enjoy it. And I'm just telling you, he and I would time, they, we did the omakase, the, the tasting menu. Uh, many of you are wondering like, is this whole sermon gonna be about food? It, it might. <laughs> and we just, we ate food that was so good. The chef would send out, we had Wagyu beef and, and uh, sushi. And we would time it, he and I would just take the taste at the same time, right? We'd look at each other like, wow, isn't that amazing? Is it a sunset? Is it the beach? Is it food? Is it something that you do? Is it spending time with your kids or your grandkids? What is it that brings you joy? And in the midst of hardship, would you please, would you please prioritize those things? Seek out those opportunities to have great joy. Joseph Campbell brilliant writer says it this way. He says, we cannot cure the world of sorrows, but we can choose to live in joy. Will you think about those things that give you joy? And no matter what else is going on in your life, for me, there was all kinds of things happening. And you know what I did? I chose to be with friends and eat amazing food. And in that, the world kind of stopped for a little while, right? And I was reminded, like, God made these flavors, right? These amazing flavors. And they, they, they put things on it that we might not have available, put on like truffle oil, and it, it was amazing. It, it, an explosion of God's grace and beauty. And for me, when I slow down and eat great food, I'm reminded that God must love me or he wouldn't have made all of this in such splendor and beauty. There's so much around you. 
Would you listen to the words of James and say, don't run from the hardships, but in the midst of the hardships, would you pursue joy? Would you live into the moments of joy? And then he goes into this next section of these verses and he talks about um, endurance, endurance specifically in a painful and a difficult world. Now, this sounds really important because many of us are trying to endure. And what I love about uh, this understanding of endurance, right, is he, he begins to describe your faith will blossom under pressure. You and I are under pressure right now. And teach your true patience as you endure. And true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. He says, when you cross that finish line, you're gonna be mature, complete, and wanting nothing, right? Now, that sounds great to me. I'd love to finish 2020, mature, complete, and wanting nothing. And that would mean that we would endure some difficult things with patience. Now, very few of us, I've told you this before, are looking at our lives and going, you know, when it comes to patience, I'm crushing it, you know? I'm just so good at patience. Anybody out there like, patience is my jam. That's what I do is patience. Probably none of us. Patience comes with doing real spiritual work. It comes with relying on God. It comes with adopting God's perspective instead of our perspective. And what I love about the way James talks about endurance is that it's not for me like uh, the way I think of endurance runners, right? That they just push no matter what, right? They're just pushing through. Uh, we're pushing through in the way that Jesus would push through. And what I want you to see today is that the pattern of Jesus and the way that he lived, and he came not to teach us only in his death and his resurrection, but in his life and the things that he taught and in his actions. I want to read to you from the, the Gospel of Mark. And in the Gospel of Mark, it offers us some perspective of how Jesus did ministry when life was hard. And this is what it tells us, this beautiful story. And in Mark 1, it tells us this, that when they left the synagogue, that James and John went to the home of Simon and of Andrew. Right? And Simon's mother-in-law, it tells us, was in bed with a really high fever. Um, there are a lot of you, some of you have been in bed with a really high fever, whatever it is that you may be sick with. She was really sick. And Simon's mother-in-law was sick and Jesus went immediately to her. He healed her, right? So he goes and he does the work that he's doing. This is part of what I wanna talk to you about today. Right? What are the places that you're called to go and be a part of God's healing work? Or put another way, could I ask you this? What are the things that break your heart? Is it racial injustice? Do you see the racial injustice in the world and say, I, I gotta be a part of bringing healing there? What I would suggest to you is that uh, each of us can only do so much. Now, what I love about being a part of a church is that we can do things together constantly. We're moving in areas all across the globe together because of our resources, our giftedness as a church and impact. You're having an impact across the globe and you don't even have to be there. But I do believe all of us are called to specific people and places where we're called to be. And I believe, Ecclesia, that we'll be led to those places by listening to our heart. What is it that breaks your heart? Is it at-risk youth that break your heart? Is it like for me and probably many of you, is it those that are suffering and impacted by hurricanes? I love that our church gets to move quickly. I'm telling you, I've made great friends in Lake Charles over recent weeks. I've been overwhelmed uh, by the beauty of being able to be a church that right now we're not suffering. We're not underwater. We have power. We have water. 
And we're able to help our brothers and sisters. Uh, we worked with our friends at Trinity Baptist. We brought in a lot of supplies. Uh, we found some great friends. Pastor E.J. Kemper has become a dear friend at Mount Pilgrim Baptist Church. And he's connected to a lot of other historic African-American churches that were not getting the resources that they need. And we developed an amazing friendship. You've been bringing in supplies. We bring bringing in money and resources to help them get back on track. And we're going to keep doing it, Ecclesia. You heard today in the service about great opportunities to go and feed people and serve people. We're going to be working on opportunities. As the power gets on, many are going to return to Lake Charles and they're going to need people to come directly to their homes and help them clean up, help them move back in, bring in groceries from Houston, bring in new furniture, whatever it is that they need. You're going to hear about more opportunities and I hope you'll do it. We're going to be helping in Alabama. We're already working with church partners in South Alabama to figure out how do we continue to do the same. We're made to do it, my heart moves towards it, but not everybody's gonna be able to be there and to be present. If you're moved by racial injustice, you, you may not be able to be a part of a big movement, but you may be like me, and you can love the person that's just directly in front of you. I was in Louisiana a couple of weeks ago as we were doing hurricane relief, and I went to a restaurant, and the waiter there, was a young LSU student, an African-American uh, who had a, a great smile on his face. And as he waited on me, I looked on his wrist and he had a Black Lives Matter bracelet on. And I just said to him, as I sat down, I said, you're, I, I learned his name, right? Because he had a tag on. And I said, your life matters, right? I just said his name and I said, your life matters. And I, I'm telling you, we made a connection in that moment that endured. Uh, by the end of it, he told me about his family suffering in Lake Charles and his dad needing help. And, uh, we get to make a connection so we can find some resources uh, for his family. And, and just taking the time to acknowledge to somebody in front of you right now that your life matters. It's not a political thing to tell someone that their life is important. It's a gift. It's what we're called to. Or maybe you're like me and you miss, I miss being in Latin America. I, I'm amazed that our church is still able to fund uh, and feed a thousand people a day at the Venezuela border. Uh, but I wanna be there. I wanna be able to report back to you about it. I wanna see our friends that are uh, leading their well and I wanna care for them. And I miss being able to engage the stories of people that are suffering in Venezuela and in Colombia. And I realized this week as I passed the Home Depot, right? And I, I, I got to stop and just visit with some friends from Latin America. And I realized that I may not get to go to Latin America. I've realized my, my Spanish is suffering because normally I'd be traveling there. And I just stopped at Home Depot and there were more than a hundred men from Latin America looking for work, right? And I just started to talk to them. I found two friends from Guatemala uh, and they told me about their kids and uh, how difficult it's been because they're day laborers and they're not getting the work that they used to get. And over the next couple of weeks, you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to go to a bunch of Home Depots and I'm going to bring a bunch of hamburgers and I'm going to make friends. And you know what? I can't be in Latin America right now, but Latin America has come to me. If you have a heart for Latin America, send me an email, chris at ecclesiahouston.org, and you can join me. We'll just go share burgers and make friends and check in on people and find out how they're doing. I don't know what it is that breaks your heart, but like Jesus, there's something you're meant to move towards. Would you pray about that today? What is that thing? It could be just one thing. It could be just one person, but we're made to do that. And what we see in Mark chapter one, is that Jesus first heals Simon's mother-in-law. And then you know what he does next, it tells us? That he sat down and he let her wait on him. He, he sat down and, and likely she had a fever. She was super grateful to be healed. Then she said, Jesus, let me make you some food, right? And he allowed himself to be cared for. 
I, I have to remind myself in this season, I want to go help people in hurricanes. The world's really simple for me in a hurricane zone. It's just help the person in front of me. I, I kind of know what to do there. Sometimes at home, the world can be overwhelming. But Jesus cared for this woman, and then he let her care for him. And then it tells us right after that, that Jesus went out and started healing people, the sick, the lame, the demon-possessed. It was beautiful. And then you know what he did after that? He went and found a quiet place. He spent time alone with God, time alone in prayer, and he rested. Then after that, he went out and healed a man with leprosy. Are you seeing a rhythm or a pattern? Jesus would care for people, then he would rest and offer self-care. Then he would care for people, then he would rest and offer self-care. What's he doing? We hear in the Bible, he's refilling his cup, right? And this is what we're made to do, Ecclesia. fill your cup. I hope today as you worship, your cup's filled, that you're reminded God loves you. And I wanna remind you today that he loves you so much, he wants you to care for yourself. There are some ways that you can care for you that I could never care for you. You're gonna have some intuition led by the Holy Spirit of what you need to do, when you need to rest, when you need to eat, when you need to play, when you need to laugh. And as you seek those things, when you need to read, study, pray, contemplate, walk, exercise, I could go on and on, get a massage, right? Whatever it is that to care for your body and your soul. And Jesus needed self-care and so do you. I believe Ecclesia that if we'll embrace this simple Jesus rhythm, care for others, care for self, care for others, care for self, care for others, care for self. You'll fill your cup, you'll empty your cup. You'll fill your cup up again, then you'll empty your cup. It will be a beautiful gift to yourself and to the world. So Ecclesia, what's your self-care plan? What, what would a schedule look like for you that allotted time and space and priorities for you to care well for yourself, to refill your cup, and then to empty your cup. Both are really important. I believe that if we do this, we enter this beautiful rhythm, caring for others, caring for self, that we'll end 2020, however difficult it ends up being over the next few months. I'm praying for no more hurricanes anywhere. I'm praying for no more outbreaks in schools. I'm praying for businesses to thrive, right? I'm praying and hoping and believing all of those things will happen. But if they don't turn out just like I'm hoping and praying, I believe we can endure and we can endure with joy. We can care for others and care for ourselves, And we can end 2020 as healthy people that love our God and love our neighbor. I want you to hear today, I believe in you. I believe God's gifted you and called you. I believe that he breaks your heart for specific people and things that are different than the things he breaks my heart for and that we're better together because we're able to serve everyone as we follow those promptings. Ecclesia, we're gonna continue to gather for even songs. We're gonna find times uh, in the coming months to consider ways that we can regather. I wanna regather when everybody can be there. I wanna regather when everybody feels safe. I want to regather uh, when our kids uh, feel especially safe. And, and that means inside. But until then, it's going to start cooling down. Have you been outside today? It feels so much better. And we're going to gather outside and we're going to be creative. We're going to be together. We're going to love our God and love our neighbor. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the people of Ecclesia. I thank you that we get the privilege to call ourselves the church. I thank you that this week, 
We could extend ourselves to Lake Charles in a way that is so beautiful without many of us even knowing it. A team from our church got to go and serve pastors, 65 pastors in Lake Charles that are struggling. And we got to share God's love with one of the best ways we could share it with brisket enchiladas and queso and salsa. And we get to encourage people because we're the church. And we thank you, God, that you allow us to do that work. We pray that you would bless the team that went to serve pastors. We pray you would bless the teams that are there now feeding, the ones that will go in the future, those that will go and do cleanup. We pray you would be with us as we enter into a, a time of service to our brothers and sisters in South Alabama that have endured a storm that's really similar to Harvey. It just sat on them for far too long and poured down too much rain, unbearable winds. Lord, be with our brothers and sisters and help us to be the people you made us to be. We don't have to be overwhelmed by the many, many needs of the world because you allow us to choose to use our gifts in very specific ways. We can't do it all, but we can do what you call us to. And we're grateful. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And now Ecclesia family, here's the time in our gathering where we pause to come together wherever we are as one body and we pause to celebrate and remember Christ's death and resurrection. Uh, after we pray a prayer, we're going to sing a song together. And if you haven't done so already, that song's a great time to gather the elements, whatever you have in your home. Today I've got a protein bar and I've got a chalice with some wine in it. Uh, but whatever you have, uh, it's important that we remember we're a forgetful people. And it's important that we pause to remember Christ's sacrifice for us. And so on the night that he was betrayed, before that he gathered with his closest followers and they shared a meal together. And at one point in the meal, he took the bread in his hands and he blessed God and he gave thanks for it. And I'm always struck by the fact that he gave thanks for the very thing that represented his breaking and his pain. And I know if you're like me, there are things in life and in this season that are painful. And yet there's something about pausing to give gratitude that God is present with us in it and in that and he is at work. And so uh, maybe for us, it's a time to just say thank you, God, for being with us. And then again, after the meal, he took the cup and again, he blessed God and he thanked God. And he said, this cup is my blood poured out for you. And it's a new covenant. It represents a new way that we relate to God and to each other. And it's a reminder that his mercy is for us and for all people in all times and in all places. And so God, we remember your death and your resurrection. And as we pause today, I want to invite you to join me in examining my own heart and examine yours. And would you do that as we pray this prayer of confession together? Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us. 
and grant us your peace. Ecclesia, this is the body of Christ broken for you, and this is the blood of Christ shed for you. May you taste and see today, and may you know that God has forgiven all your sins. And we pray this together in his name. Amen. Good morning, Ecclesia. It's so good to be with you all this morning. 
Um, this is the time in our service where we get to pray over our children. And so if you will join me. Lord, we're so thankful for all the children in our life. Um, they're just such a precious gift from you. And I pray that they would just have constant reminders of how precious they are. Um, I pray that they would feel extra supported in this time um, when they can't see all of their friends that they normally would. I pray that they would um, still somehow feel this sense of connectedness to one another. And we love you so much and we're so thankful for all the gifts that you give us. In your name we pray, amen. Iglesia, our benediction today is a poem by Maya Angelou called Touched by an Angel. It says, we, unaccustomed to courage, exiles from delight, live coiled in shells of loneliness until love leaves its high holy temple and comes into our sight to liberate us into life. Love arrives and in its train come ecstasies, old memories of pleasure, ancient histories of pain. Yet if we are bold, love strikes away the chains of fear from our souls. We are weaned from our timidity and in the flush of love's light, we dare to be brave. And suddenly we see that love costs us all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. So sisters, brothers, family, love is the only way. Go forth to serve and to love. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.